Are you interested in investing in cryptocurrencies, but you have some anxiety about the process? Have you ever wondered who Crypto Corey's partner in crime is? And who's the man behind the scenes? Are you confused by the acronym HODL? Well, you are in the right place. We are going to cover all of these topics right here, right now, on the cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. Today, we have quite the podcast lined up for you. We are super excited. In addition to Crypto Corey, we have a very special guest who we will introduce in a second. But first, this episode is going to be more of a discussion about what it was like for Corey and for our special guest when they were first getting involved in cryptocurrency. And we're just going to be going over some of the pitfalls and mistakes that they experienced so that when you are on your crypto journey, you will have, you'll be as informed as possible and you will have the information that you need to make wise decisions. So starting off, Corey, can you give us a, I know we talked about this a little bit on our first episode, but can you, when were you first introduced to crypto? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, I, it was around the the financial crash, uh, 2007, 2008. Um, I, so I remember where I was working at the time. And one of the guys there had actually, he hadn't gotten into Bitcoin. He was just aware of it. And at the time, you couldn't, you couldn't even buy it at the time. The only thing you could do was download the software and mine it. And he had looked at it and decided it probably wasn't going to go anywhere. It wasn't worth it. So that was the first time that I was aware of it. I, I really don't know. Probably 2009, maybe even closer to 2010. The first time that I actually really remember thinking about Bitcoin as an investment, I think I want to say it was around $300. And that might have been sometime in 2011. And that's when I was really first aware of it. It was like, oh, wow, people are, people are starting to pay money for this. Is it going to be worth anything? But I couldn't, I still didn't understand what it was or how it worked and really thought it was probably a waste of money. Like I, I thought it would probably go to zero. Okay. And, and you didn't invest. No. And then, so our special guest will introduce him right now. His name is Charlie. Hello. <laughs> you, you can tell we're, we're professional podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get back on track here. Uh, will the two of you go ahead and, to get us started off, will, will you guys go ahead and tell us what it was like when you first actually got involved in crypto? Um, moving forward, the, the first time that I really considered uh, Bitcoin was in uh, 2017, right about the time that Bitcoin was, was starting to take off. And the reason I was interested in it was because I, I had started a new job, had been there about a year, and one of the assignments that I had been given was to look and see how blockchain could be used in the supply chain. I was working for a uh, supply chain software company and uh, we were hearing a lot about blockchain and we were trying to figure out, is this, a, is this a technology that we could adopt and either create a product on or add to a product? And of course you can't look at blockchain without really getting into Bitcoin and Ethereum and a lot of the other cryptocurrencies. You're, it's like a moth to a flame. Anybody who gets in the blockchain 
I think if they take blockchain seriously, sooner or later is going to be buying Bitcoin or Ethereum or one of the other altcoins that they just kind of go together. And so it was about that time, Charlie. Um, I don't even remember how much Bitcoin was going for at the time. Do you remember? What year was this? 2017. 2017. I, I first heard about Bitcoin probably early 2017 when it was starting to become a thing and a craze. And I heard, you know, statements on the radio talking about this Bitcoin thing. And initially I thought it was something like gamers would use and money for to to play games. And I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of. I never did any research, never looked into it. But when somebody got me, I talked to a friend and he was super excited about Bitcoin. said, you got to check it out. You got to look at it. And when I started looking at it, I think it was around, uh, April, May of, of 2017, about $1,200 is what it was. And I thought he was absolutely crazy. There's no way that I'm going to buy one Bitcoin for $1,200. I mean, I was used to buying stocks at, for pennies or dollars and, and $2 and things like that. So there was no way I was buying it for $1,200. So I think that was the price around 2017. Yeah. And so Char- Charlie and I tend to follow each other into investments. I don't know if it's uh, because we get along so well as brothers or because we're a little bit competitive, but whatever Charlie buys, I end up buying. Cause I, if he strikes it rich, I want to be rich too. Um, I don't want to be left behind. And we had been playing with a stock for, yeah, I don't know, probably three years at the time where we would buy it cheap. It was, I think we'd be picking it up around $2 and then we were selling it for eight and then it would drop back down and we'd, uh, buy it again. And then it would go back up to $8 and we'd sell it. And, and we had done that for several years until <laughs> until it dropped to about 30 cents and, and became worthless. But this was in that period of time where, where we were playing around with that stock. And um, I remember signing up for Coinbase and uh, made my first uh, cryptocurrency purchase. I think I bought some Bitcoin and bought Ethereum. And I think it uh, in the 2017 realm, I bought about a, a Bitcoin and a half. And I think I had um, 10, 10 or 11 Ethereum. And I can't remember how much Bitcoin you had, at least two. Yeah, about two at the time. And I want to I want my memory, you know, we're getting older, so our memory doesn't always serve us well. But I want to say Bitcoin was around $3,000 at the time that we so started my, buying I, it. Again, I, I was freaking out when I saw it at $1,200 thinking there's no way in heck I'm going to buy this for $1,200. And I think it was literally 20, 30 days later, my friend called me again or I was looking at it and it was 30, I think it was about $3,200. And so by the time I could get a Coinbase account set up and get it funded and get some money in there, I ended up buying my first Bitcoin for $3,500. Yeah, so it was already starting to move. I, I do have to mention, by the way, that that stock that we talked about a minute ago, yeah, it is now worth 20 cents. And at one point, we had rode that all the way up, up and down, up and down, all the way to $8. Yep. And um, I don't know if I want to admit this or not, but I still own all of my shares of that stock and it is trading at 20 cents. <laughs> And I can't get out of it. Yeah, so I I, I sold mine off and, and bought crypto with with the money. Yeah, so we uh, so uh, I just want to interject here, so you can definitely trust us when we tell you to invest in something because they clearly have a great track record. No, and, and here's here, here's the deal. I think I think you can trust us because we've gone through all the things that people, uh, all the mistakes that people make writing a stock all the way up and playing it and then writing all the way down because you end up believing in it so much that you don't want to get rid of it. You keep it. I believe in this company. I believe in this thing. You've got to believe in the investment and you got to believe in here's my profit taking. This is what I'm going to get out of this and then walk away from it when it's time to walk away from it. And I didn't. Yeah, I, we, I still have it. We, we definitely were, were too emotional, I think, uh, particularly in, in 2017. And, and 
I think that's part of what what we should talk about today is the the emotions that we were going through at the time because we were doing we were doing a couple of things that w- that was making us actually quite a bit of money. Um several months of work money. You know, I was making more uh in 3 mo- in the 3 or 4 months that we were buying crypto and and doing the the trading in and out of it that we were doing uh you know, than I would have made in seven or eight months of, of work. So it was really super exciting, but we really didn't really didn't know what we were doing. We hadn't done any research. We were kind of just jumping onto the train of whatever seemed to be hot at the time. And uh, we so we were getting into Bitcoin around that three thousand dollar mark. And we we watched it go up all the way to uh, what, nineteen thousand six hundred dollars. And I remember we would call each other every morning like, can you believe this? I can't you know, I can't believe how fast this this has gone. And I don't honestly know what we were thinking. Like, did, did we think it was going to go to 50,000 to a hundred thousand? I mean, what, what were we thinking? I don't know if we, if we thought it was ever going to end. It was just, we got caught right up in the same bubble that everyone else was getting caught up in the same excitement and the same euphoria. Yeah. And so when you see, you know, when you see your accounts going up by tens of thousands of dollars, it's super exciting. Um, we were also buying uh grayscale's Bitcoin trust, um, that was doing something really interesting during the day. It would, it would, as Bitcoin would go up during the day, the gray, the grayscale stock would go up as well. And sometime around, I don't know, noon or so it would start to go back down. So what we would do is, or at least I would, I did it. I don't, I don't know right. if you were doing it, Charlie. doing it right along with you. Yeah. We, we would, we would let it go up and then we'd sell it at noon and then we'd wait for it to come down, you know, 15, 20%. And right before the, the closing, we would, we would enter into a position. And so I remember my account uh, was doubling and, and tripling over, the, you know, just a few, few months. And we thought we were geniuses. And then, you know, Bitcoin crashed. It all came tumbling down. It all came tumbling down. And so we weren't really used to what a crypto market uh, was doing. We didn't really know the history of it. We weren't uh, informed traders at all. And so we watched it start to plummet and we didn't know what to do. Um, I think I wrote it down to around twelve and a half thousand, and I thought I got to sell it so I could at least have some some profit. So I sold everything. Um and then I was kind of content to walk away from it. I, I felt burned out because that was really an intense, I don't know, what would you say? It was, it was like four or five months, four or five month period of time. It was really intense. And I thought, well, crypto's done. It's, you know, Bitcoin's crashed back down. Um, this is probably where, where it belongs. Um, maybe it'll go to zero. I don't know. I still really hadn't, hadn't dug in to see what the value of the cryptocurrency was. And so we we sold and walked away. And what we didn't realize is that crypto has these cycles that are somewhat predictable and that it's going to go up and then it's going to come down. And what people who were making a lot of money were doing was actually selling it at or near the top and then waiting for it to crash down and, and, and buying it again. So, they, you know, people... I'm sure people day trade crypto, but but people had a long-term strategy where they would kind of perform some technical analysis on it. And when it got to resistance, they would sell and then wait for it to go down to support. And then they would pick it back up. And they were making a lot of money off of volatility. Our strategy was, well, we just thought, well, we'll buy it and hold it and somehow we'll get rich. 
But I think there's a lot of people out there where it really doesn't matter whether Bitcoin is going up or going down. They're, they're able to make money just off of the volatility itself. And I think had we known that, um, we would probably have been more willing to sell. You know, when, when, we, when it got to a crazy price at $19,000, it would have been great if we'd have sold it and then waited for it to come down to something realistic. I think it came back down to somewhere around $3,000 again. And just imagine how much we could have picked up at that at that time had had we done that. Oh yeah, no, I I think uh, what was it uh, March of 2020 when it dropped back down to to I think three thousand, right, roughly ran right around there. And but who's who was investing in March of, of 2020 when the pandemic's hitting? That was that was a scary spot for everyone. But hindsight's always 2020 because I would have jumped right back in if I could. Yeah. So. So then we, I've been out of crypto probably for what, a, a year? I'd changed jobs again. And uh, you called me up. And wh- what did you tell me, Charlie? Told you you need to look into the B chain and tell me what you think. And what did I tell you? You told me this is an awesome project. <laughs> well, at first I told you, I said, Charlie, oh, I like don't. First, oh, sorry. Yeah, first you told me, hey, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I totally remember that. I'm not, not doing crypto again. Which, which as the younger brother, uh, looking up at my older brother, who I think is one of the smartest people in the world, because I don't have the technical savvy that he has. Just so just for your information, I'm, I'm an attorney and I don't have this technical background. So when I tell him, hey, look at VeChain, tell me what you think. Um, and he tells me I'm done. I'm not looking at anything. This is not going anywhere. I'm already freaking out because I've already invested a bunch of money into VeChain. So I'm already nervous. And I keep telling him, look at this, please look at this and tell me something good about it. Yeah, he he respects my opinion so much that he went ahead and just bought a bunch of VeChain and then asked me about it. And I I was still... Hey, in my defense, (laughs) my accountant who was doing my taxes saw that I had previously invested in some cryptocurrency. And so he brought it to my attention and started telling me all the the major companies that are uh, onboarding with VeChain, you know, Walmart, China, um, DMVGL. I mean, there's a lot of them that PricewaterhouseCoopers is one of them. And so immediately I'm looking at this from a standpoint of this is a cryptocurrency that actually has some use cases here. It actually has real businesses utilizing them. And so I, I jumped right in and then made the phone call to you and then freaked out. Yeah. And, and at the time when, when you called up, I, you know, my position was, Hey, I'm, I'm the technical guy. I know more about this than you. If this was really good, I probably would have heard about it by now. And uh, you know, all the emotions came back of, Oh, here we go again. And I just really didn't want to want to look at it. And um, you'd asked me about it a couple of times. And then you told me, well, I, I just bought 300,000 V-Chain. So I was like, all right, I guess I, I better look at it because if he makes a ton of money, uh, I'll be mad. So I started, I started researching it. And we want to be clear that this is, this is a podcast on blockchain and on cryptocurrency because I don't think you can separate the two. But, but really, we want to talk about blockchain what utility it has in the world, what are real world use cases for it, and how is blockchain going to change my life? Is cryptocurrency here to stay? This is not a V-Chain podcast, although you'll hear us mention it a lot because, because it is a project that we, we really do like. We're not paid to say that. Um, it's just something that, that we've invested in. So, so you bought some and I thought, well, I don't, I don't want to be left behind. So I started researching it and I got back into blockchain uh, and looked at the project and saw all the companies that were onboarding and um, really thought that they had a good story to tell and had a really good project, product. And so we started buying. 
and we've we've been buying since 2019 i think i got in was it 2018 i think i think you got in at the end of 2018 i got in in january of 2019 yeah and it it was a little scary at first because it was hard to buy well it was hard to buy and you had to go through some different avenues to do it but it was also scary at first because we had invested in some other icos not that bchain was an ico at the time but we had invested in other icos that kind of went nowhere and nowhere. I'm ashamed to say that I still own both of them. I, I still, I still, <laughs> still own two. We will leave them unnamed. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 worth nothing. I don't think anyone would want to buy them. We still have them. Uh, we still look at them from time to time, but they're they're going nowhere. Can you guys give a quick definition of what an ICO is for those who may not know? Yeah. So w- when you think about an IPO, um, a, a company going public. They sell the shares of, of the company through through stock. But ICO is really a way of, of getting around that um, by creating their own cryptocurrency, their own coin, which represents the value of the company, and then selling those kind of in, in the way that you would sell a stock. And you'll hear a lot about the SEC starting to crack down on cryptocurrencies and saying that some of them are securities um, and not just uh, an investment. Uh, I think partly because of the way that ICOs have behaved where they really are trying to act like a stock and um, but but they're not regulated at all. So people like me and my brother are able to waste lots of money on them and they're many of them were just vaporware or or fraud. And this is one of the reasons why XRP got into a little bit of of trouble there. Not that we're going to get into that. That's a different podcast altogether. Yeah, XRP is the the biggest uh, one that you could point to that the SEC took took some action against, but you're going to find that they're going to settle that, and and I think XRP is going to be just fine. And unfortunately, I sold all of my XRP prior to them getting it, or as soon as I heard the news. So yeah, another smart decision. So yeah, so real quick, ICO stands for Initial Coin Offering. Initial Coin Offering ICO. Yes. So Charlie, you mentioned that you're an attorney, correct? Yes. Okay, last episode, uh, we talked a little bit about criminals and and cryptocurrency and how that could be a potential for criminal activity, or at least that's a fear a lot of people have. Can you give us like some insight on into that? You know, just I, from your career perspective, what like what you've seen? Yeah, and I, and I was listening to your last podcast, and I, I I towards the end, you guys talked about the fact that they're um, one of the things that they. T- the government or other people say is that don't get into this because only criminals use it. And I, I was thinking about that as an attorney, my firm represents lots of different kinds of, of cases, lots of different kinds of areas of law. And I, I do criminal defense and I've been doing this for almost 15 years now. And one of the things that, that I was thinking about is that I do fraud cases. I do money laundering cases. I do high profile white collar cases. And not one time have I ever read a police report that had the words Bitcoin in it or had the words cryptocurrency in it or anything like that. It's always dealt in U.S. dollars. Yeah, in fact, the opposite. You had a client who did have cryptocurrency and you were like, hey, I'll, I'll take a payment in cryptocurrency. And, and what did he do? He would not pay me in cryptocurrency because he wanted to hodl. Yeah, he wanted to hodl. And for those of you out here. Don't we all want to? Hold yeah. On. For those of you out there who are hearing us say the word hold incorrectly, uh, a lot of times you will see the word H-O-D-L, hold hold spelled wrong, HODL. Um, and that came off of, uh, 
a bulletin board somewhere where we don't know someone had spelled spelled it wrong in capital letters and it kind of just stuck. Uh, some people say it's, it stands for hold on for dear life. We don't know, but everyone who has cryptocurrency tends to refer to it as hodling. So your your criminal did not want to pay you in in the cryptocurrency. I you know he mentioned it there. There was a um, and and just to be clear and, and fair here, this was not a white collar case. This was not a money laundering case. This was a case that um, it was a domestic violence case, and and unfortunately he was kicked out of the house, and that they wouldn't the court wouldn't let him go back. And the house is where he had his wallet and his money and his cash and his computer. And then he did talk to me about the fact that he had Bitcoin and the fact that that's the only place where he could have access to his money. And I, I'll be honest with you, I tried really, really hard to convince him to pay me in Bitcoin. I said, I got my numbers right here. I got my account. I'll just send it over to you because I wanted to be able to tell everyone. I was so excited to be able to tell everyone I got paid in Bitcoin to make it a transaction, a legal transaction. And I could not convince him to do it. He thought about it and he took the night. He said he was going to do it the next day. And the next day he, he kind of chickened out, but I would have taken it and I would have represented So it was a pretty him. smart move on, on his end then is what you're saying. Or I was not smart enough to get it out of him. <laughs> One or the other. One or the other. He's in prison now, by the way. I'm, I'm, that's a joke. I'm totally joking. I'm not. I'm pretty good. I got him off. I think just as interesting as cryptocurrency, a lot, a lot of the stories that you've told me over the years that you've been a criminal defense attorney and you've actually had people pay you in, in barter either to do work for you because they're they're in construction or you had one guy who literally traded you a motorcycle f- for work. So I just think it's interesting that when it came to the Bitcoin that that there was no way your client was going to give it up. I, I He would rather I, pay I, you I've cash. I've had lots of things given to me in, in exchange and I think the one that I'm most proud of is the motorcycle because I, lo- I still have it today i mean we we redid it yeah it's a cool it's, bike it's beautiful and and uh it, i'm but i could tell you right now if i would have been paid in bitcoin i would be more proud of my bitcoin transaction for my legal services than i am that motorcycle and that's I, that's one of my pride and joys is that motorcycle yeah well i think this has been a lot of fun uh thank you so much for joining us charlie hopefully we can have you on the podcast again sometime in the future. Thank you. It's been a, a pleasure being here. Yeah. And big thank you to all of you, our listeners. Uh, you guys make this possible. So just some quick housekeeping before we sign off. We are now not only on Spotify, but we are also on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. So whichever platform you use of those three, you can now easily access our podcast. We've also gotten social media accounts up and running on Instagram as well as Twitter. Just search the cryptocracy and you should be able to find us. Look for our look for our logo. It will be the same as what's on the uh, podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes. We have so many topics that we are going to cover. So make sure that you are subscribed and that you have your notifications turned on. Until then, stay cryptic.